by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. We've officially hit the part of the year where it's all sunshine and rainbows and happiness. Right, Janet? Hey, if that's what you say, Drew, I'm going to bite. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of people that have been out on the water fishing, and I've seen people boating. I went out, out to Alcova and was just uh, hanging around and doing a little fishing myself. And, boy, people were out really enjoying what Wyoming has to offer. You know, it has been a pretty fantastic spring with the exception of a few pretty crazy afternoon storms. We've had some really lovely days to get out and do fishing. Whether you are traveling to places like Alcova or Gwendo or fishing the North Platte River, either here in town or or closer to um, Gray Reef, or even hitting some of our community fisheries that are right here in town. It's just been a great time to get out, and people are really enjoying themselves, as are we. You know, it wasn't long ago I went over to Yesness Pond and uh, was just casting in just to see how the fish were, and I caught one of the largest crawfish I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's good news or bad news, Drew, but yay for you. Well, I, I, you caught, have- I caught something. That was the best part about it. It was a frustrating day. But- exactly. Well, anytime you don't catch anything, you should always head to Yesness Pond. That place is stocked to the gills with with all sorts of different kinds of fish. So there you go. And uh, and speaking of that, uh, there are a couple of big events that are going to happen here over the next few days in Wyoming. That's right. So, Drew, you mentioned lots of different places that you had been fishing lately. And so across Wyoming, um, it is Wyoming Free Fishing Day on Saturday, June 3rd, which means anywhere in the state um, that you can, you know, normally access. So public waters, with the exception of Yellowstone National Park and um, the Wind River Reservation, you can fish without a license. You just need to follow all the same rules and regulations that are always in place. But it's a great day to get out and cast a line if you haven't been out in a few days. So there are many options that you just mentioned to to be able to go fishing here in, in Wyoming. But what are some of the things that people kind of need to know that maybe they aren't uh, up to speed on the uh, regulations that they're going to have to follow as someone that just wants to try it out for a day. The idea behind the free fishing day is you do not need a license to fish on that particular day. Um, all the other rules and regulations do apply. The only thing that doesn't is is the license requirement. And so if you are going to go out fishing and, and you're not familiar with the regulations, um, it'd be a good idea to look up the look at the regulations. They're available on the Game and Fish website or uh, from uh, printed versions are available from licensed selling agents or the Game and Fish office. So definitely take a look at the regulations and familiarize yourself with uh, limits and tackle restrictions and things like that before heading out. What do they need to know when it comes to the fish minimum sizes and, and regulations in that situation? All of our community ponds around here, you know, Brian Stock Trail, Yesness, Jessica's Pond, um, whatever, there are no size restrictions on fish. So they're all managed under the general statewide regulations, which are kind of the first ones that you'll find in the book, the general creel limits for everything. There's no size restrictions. Uh, 
you can have six trout of any size. Um, so most of the ponds have sunfish, either green sunfish or bluegill in them. And the limit on those is 50 per person of, of any size. Um, so just kind of look at those regulations. The only time, the only size uh, restrictions we have in this area pertain to the river where um, you can only have one fish over 16 inches. Most places on the river, there are some exceptions to that that are more restrictive than that. Um, but the majority of the river is one one trout that's over 16 inches, three total. So um, you could have three trout, but only one can be over 16. And then Glendo Reservoir walleye, there's a 15 inch minimum length limit on, on walleye and Glendo. Um, but those are the only size restrictions we have around here. So moral of the story, Drew, is long story short, pick up some regulations and make sure you know how to read them. And we're here to help on any of those because they can be kind of tricky in certain situations. But as long as you're aware of those things, it's a perfect day to to kind of get out there without a license and um, see what you can catch. When families go out and they, they fish like this, maybe the kids have really wanted to go for quite some time. Is there an option for parents to kind of take their kids somewhere where they can learn? Well, look at that, Drew. Across the state and including in the city of Casper, we do have a lot of kids fishing days that kind of, some of them are in conjunction with June 3rd, which is our free fishing day. And some of them are in different times of the the summer. So keep um, an eye out no matter where you are. But here in Casper, we always have Yesness, free fishing day um, on the same day. Kids fishing day, get out there and come and visit us this year and enjoy some, some good education opportunities. Lots of game and fish people that will be there um, to um, set up your gear. We have the North Platte Walleyes Unlimited who once again have donated over 300 rods and reels to kids in Casper. So anybody who does not have equipment and would like to come get some, they are welcome to join us. We'll rig that up for you and you can cast a line. So Matt, you had mentioned there are no length limits on fish, but there are multiple types of fish. When people come out, are they going to have opportunities at each of those types of fish or is it when you throw the line in there, you're going to catch something more than likely. Uh, there's two different kinds of trout that have been recently stocked in there. There's rainbow and uh, snake river cutthroat. We always see kids catching both of those. Um, there's green sunfish and then there's bluegill hybrids, which is a hybrid between bluegill and green sunfish. Kids usually catch a bunch of those. They're usually fairly small. Um, we also have channel catfish that we stock in there periodically and we always see a few catfish. So kids will catch just about everything in there during the course of the day, including the, the cold fish that swim around in there. And Drew, the kids are usually so successful um, at this Yesness Pond Kids Fishing Day that we have had folks um, from across the city, lots of sponsors who have donated um, prizes for kids who catch fish. And so that will be new and fun this year is we'll have lots of extra goodies for folks to come in. And since most kids are, are pretty successful in catching those, um, it will be fun to get some things, Target, Pepsi, Wild Gear, Kistler Tint Nonning, Walmart, the Curly Wolf Den will be there doing some snow cones, Wagner's Outdoors, Peden's um, Shirt Shop, r and Rest Area, Visit Casper, the Community Recreation Foundation that sponsors all of this along with Game and Fish, North Platte Walleyes Unlimited, Grey Reef Trout Unlimited, Jersey Mike's, 
ugly bug fly shop. I mean, these are just to name a few. Everybody has just been super fantastic this year to really support the kids out there. And so we just want people to come join us from nine o'clock until one o'clock. And uh, we'll have lots of education events going on. You can get a, a tour of the Osprey. You can take a walk to learn about wildlife diseases. Lots of fun things. And of course, you can continue to fish after one o'clock because it's free fishing day on Saturday. So maybe you want to go try a, another pond out or another place to, to catch fish. So the options are wide on Saturday, June 3rd. Absolutely. We hope to see everybody out there. It'll be a really, really good time. Make sure you check out wgft.wild.gov for more information. All right, fishing aside, it's time to talk hunting, and we're getting to the point of the year where you're about out of time to apply for a big game tag. We check with Brian Olson and back with Janet in minutes. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And we're back with Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, the uh, game and fish with us as always, and it's a very busy time, and Janet, we've been talking about how there's so many events that are going on the next couple of weeks. It's really hard to keep things on track and just life in general is really busy. And that's especially for you guys at the Game and Fish Department. You know, in addition to everybody's track days and end of school events and graduation and free fishing days, you guys might all want to know that it is also deadline day. The lines are going out the door at the Game and Fish office with people trying to get their boat registrations done and trying to get help with applying for big game licenses, which will be due. Um, deadline is May 31st. And so we're here just to give some tips and tricks on how to do all of those things. Yeah, we brought in the the king of the castle right now, Brian Olson, to make sure that we have all the correct information. <laughs> oh At least we know who we can blame when it doesn't <laughs> yeah. go well. That's exactly right. Brian, real quickly, there, there's a change that you and I were chatting about a little bit earlier that when people go to their hunt planner and apply for an app or put an application in, they may see, see something different when it comes to some of the pheasant hunting in the area. Yeah, this is going to be the first year um, that we're not going to have Glendo on that list. So when you go down the list, a lot of guys apply for their spring, Springer permit and their Glendo permit. And this year, you're not going to see Glendo on there because Glendo is not going to, you're not going to have to have a permit this year. We're actually going to try to have it open without permit days so it's certainly still we closed on youth days which are on the sundays um in november um but um there will not be any permit days at glendo anymore that means you can go any day besides the youth youth hunting days and uh, we're going to give it a try this year and see how it works out so the birds will still be there just the permits aren't needed yep and, and springer has not changed so you still need to put in for your springer permits but uh, that, that's the reason why you will not see Glendo on there. And we've been getting quite a few calls about that, uh, why it's not on there. And, and uh, like I say, the easiest thing is like, you can go when you want to go this year and, and hopefully things will work out. To remind folks that if you do have questions or um, concerns right now, or you're finding these things that are confusing, don't hesitate to call. You might have to give us just a little bit of extra time because things, like I said earlier, are extremely busy right now. But we do um, want to make sure that we can get whatever information folks need and get back with them. Yeah, we're to the point of the process that it, it really is kind of crunch time for a lot of folks. We know that the rest of the weekend is Memorial Day weekend, so you may be out. That leaves you Tuesday and Wednesday to finish all of your applications. And how is the process different 
this year other than the um, the Glendo pheasant? Is there anything different? No, there's there's really nothing different. You still have to, if you've never been to our website before, you've never applied for a license on, online before, it might be something that um, you need some help with and we'd be glad to help. But you're still going to need your username and password. It's just like buying something on Amazon. You have to have a username and password. It's the same thing. And that sticks with you for the rest of your time that you spend in Wyoming. But anyway, if you need help with any of that, it's the same thing. You go on there and you can pick out, you know, the deadlines, you know, for what it is this year is antelope, deer and elk, um, fall turkey, the springer stuff, and then also sandhill crane. I think that's that's it that we have deadlines for. So just remember that uh, we have uh, quite a few licenses that aren't going to be there from you know, from the winter that we dealt with. So just a, a heads up, a reminder that uh, in some places our our licenses are going to be quite a bit lower than they've had in the past. We've cut 43% across the state. And so we really have been trying to encourage folks to make sure to do the research ahead of time and, and make sure that you're prepared and have a great area to put into um, and landowner permission if you're looking to be hunting on private land. Now, um, so once the original drawing is done, and that should be sometime around mid-June, like the 15th of June, then there's actually a second drawing that will take place. That's kind of for whatever's left over. Yeah, that's right. So the first drawing will be, um, you'll hear your results around June 15th. So that's the magic date right now that we have on our thing. It might be a a day or two earlier, but um, right now it's June 15th. You'll hear your results for the May 31st deadline. And then after that, Starting on June 19th, you can start applying for leftover licenses, and that goes till the 23rd. So from the 19th to the 23rd of June, you can put in for leftover licenses, and that drawing is July the 6th. And it's a real short window and uh, type of thing. And then if there's anything left after that, then it's first come, first serve. Um, apply and buy just like you would applying for a license. Go on, you can buy it there, or you can come into a game and fish office and you can get it at uh, – at our IPOS stations here and um, get your licenses bought at that location too. Really the important thing is, is A, to be uh, entered by the 31st at midnight. And if you have questions, don't wait until 6 p.m. on the 31st. Uh, make sure that you come in and check out the Wyoming Game and Fish Department where they're welcome you, they'll welcome you right in to, to make sure that everybody gets done. Yeah, most certainly. I think, um, you know, this last few days that we have, if people come in the mornings, it's a lot slower in the mornings than it is in the afternoons. The afternoons are are pretty heavily busy just because of Memorial Day weekend. And then everybody will be here on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday um, for application stuff. So um, if you come in the mornings, don't wait till last minute because the, the door is going to be closed at five o'clock. I mean, if there's people online, certainly we'll let them in. Um, but um, we're not going to be answering the phones. So make sure you call us in advance and we'd be glad to help you out. Like we're doing it every day now and uh, trying to get people all, all set up and ready to go for the deadline of May 31st. Awesome. Brian, Janet, thank you guys so much. If you have questions, WGFD.yo.gov. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors, Drew and Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports and uh, Brian You've been out doing some fishing. I went out and did some fishing this week. You had better results than I did, but, you know, line in the water is the idea. 
Yeah, it's just uh, nice to see some uh, blue skies and uh, some nice weather and just getting out there and enjoying it. Now, we've been uh, looking at all the possibilities of fishing over the next couple of weeks, and I know that you guys have a full supply and, and you guys have everything that everyone needs as far as fishing gear, fishing tackle, fishing bait. Yeah, we've got uh, pretty much anything anybody would need for anything this area for sure. Um, you know, we got the kids free or the free fishing day on, I think it's June 3rd, the next next uh, Saturday. So kind of gearing up for that and getting ready to uh, take a bunch of kids uh, fishing poles up at Yesness Pond through the Walleye Club and through the Game and Fish. And um, just really trying to uh, make sure that everybody's got uh, the right tackle and uh, uh, enjoy this summer. And since it is free fishing day, you don't just have to go out to kids day. You could go anywhere in Wyoming except... Uh, the reservation and Yellowstone and fish. So this would be a great opportunity for you to really learn what you need to do. And, and you guys can teach them from the ground up, really. Yeah, you know, if you're uh, one of the one of us that uh, has to work over that weekend and uh, doesn't uh, get the opportunity to get too far away from home, there's a lot of places locally, you know, between Yesness Pond and uh, the ponds out there by Bryanstock Trail. And, of course, you got the North Platte River that uh, can always uh, produce some good, good adventures. Uh, you got uh, Jessica's Pond. So there's a lot of good places where you can certainly get a kid out or even just you, you or your spouse and just get out there and um, actually have some success and stay close yeah and and then after that you can get your license here at rocky mountain discount sports too because after that one day you got to have a license after that one day you have to have a license and uh, hopefully hopefully by then you'll be hooked but uh it's it's good to have one either way i mean there's hopefully some other opportunities coming up throughout the summer that a person can enjoy and uh, get out there so i spent a, a lot of good time in the camping section out here with the you know make sure that I have everything that I need when I go out for this weekend that we're actually out. Uh, but you guys have a, a lot of mats and a lot of the um, the sleeping pads that really are important when you get old like me. <laughs> and sleeping on hard ground is not a thing anymore. Well, we did have an experience with a uh, inflatable mattress that uh, didn't quite stay inflated. So that, that is true. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people just depending on what level of comfort you want. I mean, obviously we've got the sleeping bags and tents, and we've got different pads. Some are inflatable, some are a foam pad. And then you've got, you know, uh, everything from cots and hammocks and you name it. So. I think I may go with a cot with a pad on top of it mm -hmm. and then maybe another <laughs> cushion below it. So, you know, we're, we're going to be good. And you've got it all right here in the store. You don't even have to wait for it to come from Amazon. You can get it here. Right. We're, um, we're starting to get, uh, you know, a lot of people just kind of, you know, re replenishing what they, what they found out that they didn't have last year, whether a lantern went bad or, you know, the... They're missing tent stakes, you know, uh, maybe they need just a rain fly for a, a tent. Um, but, you know, maybe the mice got to your uh, sleeping bags. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, swing on through. I mean, if, if, if you walk through the store and you don't see it, you probably just missed it. So, you know, ask us for a hand and we'll, we'll certainly direct you. But we've got a lot of little little items, you know, that are tucked in little pockets of the store that um, if, if you don't see it, you know, make sure you ask and we'll, we'll certainly get you directed where you need to be. Now, of course, if you're going to go camping, maybe you're going to throw hiking in on that, too. It's always good to have your uh, water filter systems and you can get your even your your uh, your food items here that you know. yeah you know we've got like the, all the mountain house freeze dry 
fried foods. There's some there's some pretty cool options and some different manufacturers over there. Uh, we've got your jet boils. We've got your Coleman camp stoves, and we've talked about the road trips in the past. Uh, we got Coleman uh, propane. We've got some white gas. Uh, just about anything you would need. I mean, everything from like all that you know more tech uh, backpacking stuff where if you want to, you know, do a French press coffee, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got that GSI and GSM make some, some good, uh, you know, camping options, but uh, yeah, swing through. I mean, there's, there's an awful lot here and, um, and uh, I think you'll be shocked to see what we've got. And one thing that as soon as you walk in the door right now that I stopped and, and took a double take and tried to decide which one I wanted, almost like the tailgate smokers. Yeah. Well, we've got, the tailgate smokers, we've got you know the Ranger from Traeger, and then uh, you know we started bringing on some of the Pit Boss items in the last um, month. So we've got some cool options on uh, Pit Boss, including uh, some fire pits and some pellet-driven fire pits. So uh, you know, come in and check them out. Get out here checking out Rocky Mountain Discount Sports for all of your outdoor needs. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Drew and Brian back at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. We were just talking about fishing, Brian, and back in September, we all heard this wild story about some wild fishermen out in the Midwest and the East Coast that got caught cheating, and uh, they were in a walleye uh, tournament. It was a circuit. It was a championship. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of money up for grabs, and they got busted. Yeah, I think that was uh, a couple of guys, uh, Klemensky and some other gentlemen that... uh, you know, with the Lake Erie Walleye Trail, and uh, you know, out of the 18 events, apparently they had won nine of them. It's a kill tournament, so they uh, got caught stuffing lead weights down the fish's uh, mouths, and uh, you know, people were questioning it over time, and th- this time they got caught. It looks like they got a pretty, what I would consider a pretty mild sentence. They did get one felony charge, and. They had their uh, $100,000 Ranger boat confiscated, and it looks like they're going to spend 10 days in jail. But ultimately, I mean, they're, they're going to have a you know a felony on their records and uh, spend a little jail time and some fines as well. But um, I kind of would have liked to have seen a little, little bit harsher uh, penalty. I mean, that's uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know, and, and it really puts a black mark on the fishing world because you don't want to see things like this happen. But now you have to, you know, like up your game in tournament side of things mm-hmm. to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one thing out here in Wyoming. And, you know, I guess, you know, maybe partially thanks to the Game and Fish for some of the regulations they put in place for uh, tournaments. But, you know, we've been doing a, a catch and release uh, format uh, for over 15 20 years now and it's it's a length to weight conversion so there's no advantage for somebody to stuff a weight down a fish um in fact in our in our series um people actually get penalized uh for having a dead fish or unreleasable fish so if there's no sense in in putting weights in fish they they want to try to keep those fish healthy and a fish can be skinny because it's just going to be converted to length to weight. So um, I think the format that, you know, the Game and Fish has kind of helped develop here in Wyoming um, definitely helped conserve our resources and um, has helped us not to have the uh, ability to really even put a black eye on the on the tournament fishing. The first round of the uh, Wyoming Walleye Stampede, there were a lot of fish caught over a two-day period. 
And since they weren't killed, they were released right back into the water for them to grow and be even bigger than the ones that were caught. There was over 1,600 walleyes measured and recorded uh, over the weekend. That doesn't mean that there, was, there wasn't smaller fish caught and released, but 16 yeah. that actually came through our check stations. We had zero observed mortality. So to be able to go out there and, and have a, a tournament where you know guys are out there enjoying the, the resource, I mean, you can't have an, uh, an elk tournament, right, and go shoot an elk and let it go back, so. Uh, this is it's a kind of a, it's a great it's a great way to be competitive and still still enjoy the outdoors and uh, the resources that Wyoming offers. Yeah, and you know all the guys and, and gals that were in last time were really nice and they were really considerate. And you have another round, the second round of the Walleye Stampede is coming up June third and fourth. Uh, how are the water levels and everything looking for the next round? Well, it's it's interesting because we were just kind of looking the last couple of days down at Glendo and. Um, our next event is at Glendo, our final event at Glendo, and um, I think you know they're they're trying to hold a lot of water up in Seminole and Pathfinder. I mean those reservoirs were definitely you know probably the lowest conditions that they've seen in the last few years, so they're actually um, letting a little bit of water out at Glendo. So there's there must be some anticipation that there's still either more runoff or uh, they want to keep water running through the plat system, so they want to keep more up in uh, Seminole and, and Pathfinder. Not really. Sure, but um, it's definitely going to make for an interesting uh, tournament. And depending on what the water levels do, uh, I think we're about six vertical feet higher than uh, we were at the first tournament. So if they start dropping the water, you know, it's it's going to make those fish do some goofy things. Over the last few days, you've seen a lot of river traffic. There's been a lot of people out on the on the water fishing, and and you go all the way from here to Alcova, and you're uh-huh. going to see a bunch of boats and. Uh, must mean the fishing's okay right now, but boy, that's putting a lot of pressure on those fish. Yeah, this time of the year, I mean, it's very attractive for people all over the country to come out here and visit our our beautiful state. And uh, you know, there's you know, it's there's sometimes 60, 70, 80 boats on the North Platte on a on a on a busy weekend with drift boats and whatnot. So uh, it's great. You know, the most most of those boats are practicing catch and release, and um, everybody's able to get out there and enjoy it. You know, trying to dodge some of these afternoon storms is is probably challenging for them, but. Just like you said, I've, I've seen boats all the way, you know, pretty, pretty much through town all the way up to Gray Reef. So I was out uh, this week and, and did some fishing and, well, I was untangling the pole of other people more than, than I was fishing, but we dropped a, a line in the water and I caught the biggest crawfish I've ever caught. <laughs> well, I, uh, I had a gentleman out the other day and uh, we caught the biggest rock that I, I mean, pull, pulled it up out of the water. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was kind of fun. One, one kind of cool thing that I did see this weekend down in, uh, down at Glendo on Tuesday, there was a, um, a school teacher from Torrington that actually had brought, uh, I think, 25 kids out on a field trip. And Game and Fish was there assisting. Oh, that's uh, awesome. The North Platte Walleyes donated the fishing poles to their organization. And then uh, the Matt Hahn and, uh, with the Game and Fish here at Casper had a boat down there. And uh, one of the local game wardens down there uh, was taking kids out in the boat. Uh, what, was, what was interesting is that the, all these kids were fishing on the south end of the lake where it was kind of easy access. But they caught more fish from shore than they did out of the boat really yeah uh so they uh the, the guys on the, the kids on the shore were uh, casting a, a twister tail with a little night crawler on it and they're just casting it out and just slowly reeling it back and they i think they caught eight 
eight walleyes off the shore, and the guys in the boat only caught two. Wow! <laughs> but it was really cool to uh, to see, you know, uh, that you know, the school teacher had this group of kids out there, and yeah. I was in a boat on and, and talking to them because I, I knew we had donated fishing poles to them, and uh, you know, the kids are playing swords with their fishing poles and being tangled up together, and a couple kids wading in the water, and a couple kids throwing rocks, and just doing what kids do. But it was a uh, it was a great experience and uh, really cool to see see them out and about which we talked about free fishing day and and north platte walleyes they donated how many fishing poles does that i I think we'll have 300 poles or so available for that event um so that that'll be really cool and uh we kind of talked to we we just got um this week went down to the game and fish the spees fish hatchery and uh, the club had uh, donated two larva tanks mm-hmm. uh, for some walleye rearing that they're going to be doing out there. And so we um, got to go out there and watch our babies grow up. Oh. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they've got a really cool program started, and it's just kind of a, you know the grassroots program as, as at this point. But they um, were able to uh, milk eggs from walleyes out of Ocean Lake. They In just one day, they, re- they uh, retrieved 1.6 million eggs. Wow. And uh, they brought them back to Spee's Fish Hatchery, and they're, um, you know, going through the incubation process. And uh, they've got three big tanks going right now that each tank is holding about 68,000 walleye fry. And uh, the the excess fry that's hatching, uh, they're taking those and dispersing those at uh, Glendo. They took 50,000 down or 100,000 down this week. Um, so it's really cool to see that uh, they said that it's about a 42-day process to get them into fingerling size where they can release them into other bodies of water. So, um, you know, with the support of, you know, the North Platte walleyes and just some of the stuff that the, the Game of Fish is working on, uh, we're going to start seeing more and more warm water um, fisheries, you know, being, you know, putting effort into the warm water stuff which is it's good to see and you know i mean the future of wyoming fishing is really strong but all right guys come on out and check them out here at rocky mountain discount sports if you want to try to go catch some of those walleye glendo from the bank which may be the secret next week <laughs> who knows <laughs> it's wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors Welcome back into Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Of course, we talked to Wyoming Game and Fish earlier this show about the rapidly approaching application deadline for big game hunting, elk, uh, deer, antelope, wild turkey. Make sure that you get that all done before midnight on the 31st. Last year, a good buddy of ours, Big Grizz, Corey, uh, got his first elk tag and research the heck out of elk and how to hunt. And he's been a guide on waterfowl and fishing, but the big game, just something that he didn't do until last year. And he's joining us this week to relive that experience and let you in on what you could experience too. And I'm sure you have a story a lot like this. And uh, Grizz, you you had quite the event. I, I went out. To a place that had never been before, by myself, before the sun come up, headlamp, I'm walking, trucking through, looking at my map, like, because I knew where I wanted to go from my vantage point to glass this area for elk, and so I'm just trucking along, doing my thing, and I look up, and there's just green eyes glowing, and I was just like, uh, (laughs) pitch black. 
I mean, just, it was just barely starting to get light. And so I kind of, I stopped in my tracks and I pulled up my binos and all I could see was like the silhouette of a cow elk. I walked right into him. I did. I mean, that wasn't even my intention. So like cow called real quick, nothing. Cow called again. Next thing you know, like that one set of eyes turned into like 15 sets of eyes. Oh, and I was crap. like, oh, so I just backed up like all slow and tucked into the trees, hit a bugle, raked some trees. When they feel completely unsafe, they'll bark to alert the rest of the herd. And then they turn and burn. And so here I am in the middle of the wilderness, staring down elk and this cow just barks, man. Next thing you know, another one barks and it's. It was pure chaos. Like, it will clear a mountainside. And yeah. there, I don't know how many elk were there, probably 15 to 30 or so, just take off running. And I'm like 25, 30 yards from them. They're coming alive around me. Like, I didn't even know where they were. And I was just like, ah, hiding in the bush, like, don't run the bush over. <laughs> and then I hear another one bark, and I'm just like, oh, this is crazy. So, yeah, I get where she's at sometimes. Green eyes and barking don't go together well. Man, you want to talk about pucker factor. Oh, so bad. Yeah, and then so did you see anything else the rest of the day? I did, actually. Oh, did? It, well, it, so it, this was my first year elk hunting, so I had zero experience. I did. Yeah. I spent countless hours of e-scouting and, and 3D maps on Onyx and looking at hunt planners and everything I could have been in Game and Fish, figured it all out. It was up at 19, So, okay. um, but it's all walk-in access or I guess WMA, so access to private land, which they don't open it until opening morning. So I never had an opportunity to go up there and go scout and learn the land. Right. So I was like, I got to go early. Like after midnight, it's technically the day of. Like So I left my house at 3 a.m. to drive two and a half hours to the top of Muddy Mountain. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so now I'm all discouraged, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go at least to the point where I wanted to go anyway, which was a hill on a hill so I could glass this bottom area. Um, and so I got to there, and I was – Last one to find a big old bull elk on the other side of the hill, you know, and I was like, okay, cool, he's over there. Like, I could hear some noise coming from around me, nothing crazy. And I'm still cow calling, you know, maybe ripping a bugle here and there just to see if I could locate anything. And I, I'm kind of walking through, you know, sage brushy flats, and and uh, all of a sudden I see a cow again. She takes off, and I meow meow. I yell at her real quick, trying to stop her. She doesn't stop. All of a sudden, like. 18 yards from me, this bull picks its head up. I didn't even see him. Like, I had no clue he was there. It, had I known or seen him, I probably could have shot him. That's how close he was. And all I, the only vision I seen, like, from that moment was this giant six by six rack, like, tipped back on this bull as he's running, following that cow. And so I blew him out first. So I need to work on some things here to figure this situation <laughs> but out. That's a pretty active first day. Opening morning. Yeah, yeah that's, right. So yeah. and solo. So I've never elk hunted before. You know, I, I had been watching this guy learning how to bugle, learning how yeah. to cow call, like studying everything I can. And all of a sudden, like the pieces are just coming together, and I'm like blowing the puzzle up every <laughs> chance I get. So I I, I kind of walked the direction that they walked. Um, 
or ran, I guess, uh, just trying to see if I could not not necessarily catch up, but maybe they didn't know what it was. Oh, it yeah. was open in the morning. Maybe they would have calmed down and been like, oh, something just scared us. Uh, we're good. Anyway, I'm, I was like 372 yards from the truck, and I come to this meadow. So I get to the, the edge of the meadow, and I was like, all right, let's rip a bugle. Like, I let one off, get answered back. And so I was like, well, you know what? I ain't got nothing else going on. I've already blew these guys out. Like, I'm going to go meet this hunter. And so I rip another one, get answered back. I was like, all right, yeah, let's do this. So I just kind of start walking the direction, which was the direction to my vehicle anyway. And I start walking that way. Hit the So I come through the meadow, hit the edge of the trees, rip a bugle, and the whole tree line explodes. Was, so you walked up on them again? Yeah, it was all elk. And so, they explode. I hear one down into the, the, you know, over the edge of the hill. And and um, so I cow call, spin all the cows around. They turn around. I'm 70 yards from them. I'm hiding, like, hands and knees between some pine trees because I didn't want to scare them, you know, mm-hmm. but I needed them. And so, I anyway, I cow call. They spin around. I'd wait, wait, wait. They'd start to walk off. I cow call. They'd come back. And I just kept messing with them at 70 yards. And so I, I kind of did this little sequence. It's an assembly mew, essentially, right, where these cows make this telling everything. Hey, I'm over here. Come to me. This is what I need to happen. And so I did that, and I just knocked an arrow and stood there. And sure enough, here he comes. He went down, came back up the ridge, heard me doing my thing. I look, I just see antlers coming through the trees. It's going down. So I drew Picked up my spot. He he cleared the one set of trees and just flat busted me. I mean, I don't know how he seen me because I was already at full draw. Right. And he was behind one. There was like a cluster of these like pine trees. And he cleared the big bushy part of it and hit the center. And all I remember is looking and it looked like the pine tree had antlers because he stopped with his face directly behind the tree. And so there's no way he's seen me. But I think when he cleared the other bush, he might have picked me up a little bit. Like, whoa, that doesn't. And and that's probably what happened. Went back with my buddy and was like, hey, I was standing here. And I turned around. I was like, I was in the open. I thought I was tucked into pine trees and hid. Like, there was nothing behind me. There was a tree to my left, but that was was pretty much it. So it was was a good thing. But two days later, we ended up getting my elk. You got it? Yeah. Oh, Oh, I ended up getting a different one. But, yeah, same 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 area. Yeah. Yeah. I was so discouraged open in the morning that I came home. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Ah, I'm going home. Like, two and a half hour drive. I come home, slept at home that night, woke up the next morning. Diddle daddled, grabbed some more supplies, whatever, went back up for the second night for the evening. But yeah, so I I just uh, went back up the second day and made seven mile loop and never heard nothing, never seen nothing, kind of off the side from where I was at. Like I was trying to target a little different area and and uh, made it back to the truck. Went to bed six a.m. the third day. And my buddy shows up. He drives up there and we went out and. Did you did you camp up there then? That I did. Night? Yeah, I slept in the back of the truck and mm. and uh, just kind of roughed it, you know. And, yeah. But he showed up and we we went to work. I mean, we did eight and a half miles down, eight hundred feet of elevation drop in a hundred yards, like whoosh, straight down. Uh, and we worked our way through the bottom, 
found some wallows, hung out, you know, worked our way back to the top. I hit the top. I was smoked, Drew. Like, I bet. Smoked. Like, <laughs> I'm, all I'm I had. tired just yeah, thinking about that. All I had was water and jerky the whole day. Oh, like, I was like, uh, which, I mean, jerky is not bad, right? A little bit of yeah. protein. Um, but I needed more than I had. And we're going to head back to the truck. And by that time, we are like 800 to 1,000 yards from the truck. So it wasn't anything crazy. Mm. And uh, I was like, should I, should I bugle? And he's like, sure. And I sent one dude, and it was just instant cut off. He's like, did you hear that? I was like, no. I, I sound like a cow. He's like, no. That was a bugle. So I ripped again, and he's like, there you go. Let's go. I was like, how far? And he's like, 300 yards. Let's go. I felt like it took 10 steps, and he, like, grabs me, and he's like, stop. He's right there. What? Where? I look down, and it, there he is standing in a meadow. And from that moment forward, it was probably two, two and a half minutes. Oh, from the cow call? From the cow call to the time I shot him, he ran at us. Wow. And so I just had a barely enough time to, like, pick a spot. I could see where he was at. I was up on the ridge. He was down in the bottom. Like, I picked this area, and my buddy's behind me. He pull out the decoy, and he's cow calling, and this bull is just like... I'm coming. He's screaming, walking. <laughs> um, I had all my ranges, so I knew, like, if he cleared this area and came out, you know, I knew mm-hmm. what I needed to know. And uh, sure enough, man, I can hear him glunking. Um, and sure enough, again, I see antler tips. I come to draw. It was picture perfect. I mean, he he cleared that bush at 40 yards. And I sent it. And, uh, man, we it was on from there. Did it drop right there? Did you have to search for a lot? Five miles, Drew. You walked five miles to get him? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Into the next day. So I shot him at like 7.30 at night. Yeah. We tracked him 3.4 miles the night that I shot him to the point where I was like Googling how fast can an elk make blood? Like, because this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, where is this thing? Like, we've got to come at like any minute we're going to come across and he's going to be tipped over, right? Like, that was the thought. So we're, we're trucking along. It's dark. It's pitch black. We're headlamping, right? And we used to, we called them our little tracking beetles because when we'd lose sight of the blood, we would see these beetles. And we'd look, and they would be sitting on top of the smallest little drop of blood, wow. right? Oh, and yeah. so, and and we're marker taping. Like, we're doing, doing it right. Like, we're going to find this thing. And it'd be like, oh, beetle, ant, beetle, ant, boom, blood, blood. We'd get back on it, man. And we did this for hours in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Two guys and a headlamp, you know, it was like, holy crap. So you had the ultimate experience on your very first elk hunt. Yeah, well, this is where the story turns, okay? Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. No, it's good, it, okay. but it turns for the for the better. So we're, we're trekking along. So it's starting to get to the point where we're like, let's just lay down, we'll lay down in the middle of the woods, we'll take a nap, we'll get back after it. So my buddy pulls up his phone. Drew, we're 51 yards from our tent. Are you kidding me? It ran through the meadow <laughs> that we were camped in. <laughs> 51 yards from the tent. So we were like, all right, that's enough. Mark the end of the blood, literally walk to camp, jump in my truck to go get his truck, come back, eat food, whatever. We're like, let's just crash, man. So we, we, we <laughs> fall asleep. We wake up 6 a.m. So we do another one eight, one nine. We find him at like nine thirty in the morning, but he had he had come up through the meadow, crossed the road, 
and then went down the ditch and around a whole nother mountainside before we found it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was that was my elk story in a nutshell there, Drew. What a great story, man. I mean, that's awesome. And you had quite the memorable experience, elk hunting. Now, obviously, uh, we're coming up on the deadline on Wednesday the 31st. So midnight is when your cutoff is. Make sure you apply for those tags, whatever uh, species you're going after, and maybe you'll have a story like Big Grizz did. So happy hunting and get those applications in. WGFT.wild.gov is where you do it. Thanks again for tuning in to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Another show next week. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors.